Hey, it's Nick Walters again with the Industrial Hemp Growers Digest, brought to you by the National Hemp Growers Cooperative. And once again, we are flat out tickled to death to have somebody on with us here that's full of smarts and full of good info and things for our listenership to hear more about uh, the hemp industry, particularly as things are doing for uh, grain and fiber and other uh, fantastic parts of the plant. And with us today is Dr. Rebecca Hill, who is a PhD at Colorado State, uh, smack up in the middle of Fort Collins, Colorado. And so she's a real live human. I got to meet her not too long ago after we've had conversation and been able to talk uh, uh, back and forth a pretty good bit. So Dr. Hill, thank you for making time for us today. Yeah, thank you, Nick, for having me. I'm, I'm excited to talk about him. There we go. There we go. And so we also have to point out that our chief agronomist, uh, Dr. Dave Cornett, is a fellow Ph.D. alum from CSU. So we're going to do a big go Rams out there. OK, while we're while we're at it, I, I bought my daughter a, a, a CSU Rams T-shirt before we left Fort Collins. And so she is sporting it about here in central Mississippi and spreading the Ram word from people who said, who are those folks? We didn't know we had one of those down here. So we're spreading the good word there. So um, so tell us, Dr. Hill, about um, kind of give us a little bit of your background and intro, if you will, and about some um, kind of your path to getting to where you are right now. And then tell us a little bit about your hemp aha moment. Where, where and why did hemp get on your radar screen? Yep, definitely. I'd be happy to. So I'm Rebecca Hill. I am an agricultural economist here at Colorado State University. Um, I'm with what we call our Regional Economic Development Institute. Um, and so I kind of got started in hemp the way that most of us economists did, right? I didn't know much about hemp before, right? Because we didn't have it's an emerging industry. And so I kind of got in it as somebody that was interested in, in learning about an emerging industry and seeing how a new, you know, a new product or a new agricultural commodity um, comes to market. Uh, my, my background is kind of in, I've done a lot with um, outdoor recreation and agritourism. So it's kind of a different background to kind of bring us here. Um, but my first delve into learning about hemp was when I did, and what I think we're going to talk about today is the Colorado Hemp Advancement Management Plan. And so that was my first delve into it. And that was kind of an aha moment because I think Colorado did a great job of bringing a bunch of stakeholders in and kind of listening to all these stakeholders and hearing what the issues were. And they were very interesting, right? This is a new market. It's an emerging market with new things coming up that, that one might not have thought of before. So sitting in and kind of listening to those stakeholders talk was my first aha moment that this, this is something interesting. This is something different. I'd love to be part of this. That's great. So, so tell us that, and you don't have to give us the uh, the dirty details, if it's not something that you wish to talk about. But is this the kind of thing, uh, for those of us that are ignorant of it, like at the university level, that you end up kind of going back to a dean or going back to somebody and going, hey, I really think we ought to do this? Or do you think it's, is it, or do the situations tend up to be more kind of top down in the sense that somebody says, hey, you know, from the legislature or the governor's office or from somebody like that or the board of regents or whatever goes, oh, we really ought to be out on front on this thing like that. Surely y'all have got some smart people running around campus there that can help us kind of figure this thing out. Is it kind of some of both or or how do things like that get birthed? 
Yeah. So I think it's some of both. So I think it can be either way. For me, I was lucky enough that I, that I had the privilege of, I got kind of pulled into this through um, a colleague who was in it and it sounded interesting, but going from there has kind of been my choice, right? So it's something that needs to happen in Colorado, but I've been lucky enough to kind of forge my own path and get to have those choices. I don't know if everybody always gets to have that. But, <laughs> but you have, and you're here. And, and so uh, we, we don't look back. We keep trucking, right? Exactly. Oh, 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 oh. And I don't regret a minute of it. There you go. Terrific. Well, tell us about CHAMP and what does that mean? I know no good, no good initiative uh, is of any good to anybody if it's not an acronym. So at least you you win the acronym smiley face on on, on champ. So tell us more about that. Yep. So the acronym is the Colorado Hemp Advancement Management Plan, and this kind of came back in I think it was summer of 2019, so a little while ago now. But Colorado was looking to. Um, think about the interim final rule, think about what Colorado was going to do and trying to position themselves to be a leader in him, right? So Colorado was one of the first movers. And so we kind of wanted to stay that way. And so it actually, the CHAMP or the Colorado Hemp Advancement Management Plan mm -hmm. um, came from the governor. So it was announced by Governor Polis and kind of put some dollars behind it and said, Colorado Department of Ag, if they, they initially gave it to the Colorado Department of Ag, let's learn more about hemp. Let's figure out how we can support the hemp industry within the state of Colorado. And so the uh, Colorado Department of Ag pulled in Colorado State University as the land grant university and said, can you help us with this? And so that's kind of really where it started. Um, and so from there, we got together uh, over 150 stakeholders across the supply chain of hemp and had lots and lots and lots of interviews with all of those stakeholders. So that's kind of, the, that's what the CHAMP process was. And I can kind of talk a little bit about what was learned from that, but Colorado has used what they learned from those stakeholders to really develop out what they've been doing going forward um, for hemp, what, what they're investing dollars in, what policies they're doing, how they responded to the interim final rule, how we put in our state plan really came from these conversations. But it's really got to start with somebody from, um, let's just kind of call it government political leadership of some, I don't mean politics per se, I just mean people within within that that space. So there, if you happen to be fortunate enough to live in a state where somebody says, hey, we see the value of this, we need to be doing it, we need to put some effort toward that, then hooray for Colorado for doing that. If you go to other states like mine in Mississippi, where the Ag Department, we don't even have a state plan, right? So everything's, all our licenses done by, is done by uh, the good folks at AMS, so um, at USDA. So you really got to have some of that to get started, uh, to even have the will to go forward and do it, and to put the, the time and the money behind something like that. I would agree, but hopefully, um, and I'll talk about some of the takeaways, but hopefully Please. what... Colorado stakeholders cared about will help other states that maybe didn't have that investment, right? Because Perfect. farmers are farmers and researchers are researchers. So hopefully some of the takeaways are the same across the state. And if you don't have a, a governor, our governor has been very supportive of him. So maybe sure. some of those other states that don't have that much support might be able to pull something away to get started from it. Terrific. Well, do tell us about what are, what are the, what are some of the things that, that you learned from the stakeholders and, and how does that how did that help kind of form policy at the at the state level? Yep. So we did break it in Colorado down into eight different groups of stakeholders, which I think is kind of a lot. Right. So we did R&D and seed together, um, mm -hmm. cultivation, testing, transportation, which I think transportation was one of the most interesting ones because we had 
um, you know, hemp haulers in there and police officers in there. Right. Wow. So we, we, when we got the stakeholders, we really did a good job of getting them across um, that then processing, manufacturing, marketing, banking and insurance. So in each of those groups, we had around 25, 15 to 25 stakeholders. And I said they, they were very broad, right? Police officers and haulers in each of those. And the first one, we kind of just let them loose to have conversations, right? What, what's important to you? What do you care? What's coming up on the radar? And so um, we did three meetings for each of those stakeholder groups. Wow. It took us a little while to get through. Um, and then we also opened it up to the public. So all of the meetings were open to the public. So then we also did get some people sitting, you know, in the chairs in the back of the room with some opinions that they wanted to add in there as well. So they were very interesting and very lively discussions. <laughs> yeah. But you, you, you had us at lively when you said open to the public. So we knew, we knew that that was, <laughs> there was a good shot of that happening, right? Yeah, definitely. And I can kind of talk about and redirect me to whatever you think would be most interesting to your listeners, but I can kind of pull away one or two of the key takeaways from each of those, those kind of groups. If people yeah, are yeah. Interested. yeah. I, I would say, what are, what are some of those things that you've, that you, that you took away from that and now, have some of those things also would be interesting to know have they kind of played out in a way that, hey, this is where people knew that they wanted to head and no, we still have got more work to do on that or no, that was something that got to our attention and now it's kind of been integrated into policy and it's it's a, we were able to make some impact. Yeah, definitely. So the first one was R&D and seed. With that one, you can imagine that obviously seed and clothes certification was something that came to the radar that we need to talk about. How do we certify seed? Um, how do we know, right, especially as it relates to the THC levels, right? How do we certify that certain seeds um, reach certain levels? And then the other one, as you said, um, that we've been talking about with policy, the other big thing that came out of that one was cross-pollination risk. Mm. That as we start growing and as we start thinking about, right, not only CBD production, but also fiber and grain production, right? We have the feminized seed, and then we also have this seed or this growth that isn't feminized. What do we do once those are near each other with cross-pollination? And that's kind of been where our focus has been. The state of Colorado put some, some dollars behind a uh, cross-pollination task force. And so that task force is people, again, along the um, mostly cultivation, mostly in that realm, but stakeholders, as well as at CSU, we're doing some research to kind of look at the economic impacts of cross-pollination, how far the spread is, those kind of things. So our research agenda and um, this task force that the Colorado Department of Ag has been put together around that. Um, so lots will be coming out of Colorado here, I'd say in the next six months to a year about cross-pollination, some academic research around that, as well as maybe some policy suggestions uh, going forward. Cool. Yeah. Um, with cultivation, there's a lot of different things that went on. As you can imagine, the cultivation discussions were quite interesting, but non-compliant material disposal, right? That um, when we talk about that, are the um, policies around disposal impractically burdensome? If they are, what can we do about it? Um, some of the overarching themes that came across all of them was that um, yes, maybe some of these ideas are a little more progressive and Colorado's trying to push things forward, but it always came back to, we need to make sure that, that we're in alignment with the fed federal regulations, right? And that we stay in alignment with the federal regulations, but maybe some of these identifying some of these areas that we should push it, right? We should push for change. We should push for evolution around this. And one of those areas was disposal. Um, 
interesting to, uh, to Colorado, that might not be a problem that you have down there because you get lots of water. Um, but uh, water came up a lot in the cultivation, right? That people are getting registered for their hemp fields and they don't have to prove that they have water and they didn't know that they had to have water. And so um, when you apply for hemp registration, you need to prove um, that you have water rights for that land as well, which was kind of interesting that that got, yeah. came up. Um, and then another one was a hemp center of excellence which is something, another one that we're moving forward with, right, uh, with the university. So how do we set up kind of a, the one that people know about is Oregon State, right? They have a hemp center of excellence, but can we have one here in Colorado? And what do we need to do to set that up? What might it look like? Um, so that was kind of one of the other ones that we're starting to move forward on. Um, the Colorado Department of Ag, you know, went forward with that and developed a plan of action of what that might look like, what the government governance, governance structure would look like those kind of things. So that's another one we're moving forward with in Colorado. Okay. I'll just keep going if you don't have yeah, more yeah. questions. I mean, well, maybe what, it, maybe, maybe what for, for the, for the other ones, maybe it'd be, uh, maybe give us your, the one that you thought was the most impactful or interesting from, from some of these other components. Yep. Cause I'm, I'm guessing the bankers can only do so much, right? I mean, they can only yep. do based off of what, you know, well, but, uh, Anyway, no, I'd be interested to have. Why don't you give us your give us your Dr. Hill favorite? Okay. How about My Dr. Hill. Well, let's go to the bankers. You talked about banking okay. and insurance, right? The banking and insurance really came to them talking about they don't have enough information, right? Huh. Yes, we need banking and insurance. Yes, they're um the it the the lack of banking and insurance came out across the value or supply chain, of course. But the bankers and insurance, well, we need more information, right? We need to based on our industry, we have to have the information to make solid decisions and we just don't have it, right? And as an economist, that's something that I think is very interesting, right? Because we collect data and put the information out there. So that was kind of the most interesting takeaway from that. Um, and we are in a partnership with the University of Kentucky and the Agricultural Marketing Service. We are doing a, a, a census of all hemp producers in the United States. And we're going to do a survey that we're going to be able to start putting together some of those enterprise budgets, some of those different kinds of things that we need to give some of that information that maybe might make bankers a little bit more comfortable with this industry. Yeah, well, that's that is some super cool. I'd really make sure let's make sure we talk about that, because I think that's really great information about that just helps all of us from the investor side, from things like what we're doing at the co-op when we're letting folks have an idea about why they might want to invest in some of our ventures that we're doing and things like that are going to be really cool. So let's make sure we leave some space to talk about that, about the, uh, about that project y'all are doing with UK under AMS's um, guidance. Definitely. And we can go down that rabbit hole now, if you like, or do you want well, me to let's go right down it? Let's do that rabbit hole right let's now. Let's see what rabbits there. Yep. So, I mean, this is going to, we're still getting it through the, um, the process of getting the approvals through the government, as you can imagine, getting a survey, making sure that it gets approved to get sent out. So it's kind of sitting sure. in that process right now. But once it goes out, it's going to go out to all hemp producers and ask a lot of questions about um, what they're growing, how much they're growing, how they're growing. We were able to talk a little bit about marketing in there, right? What, how are you marketing the products? Uh, those kind of things. And so I think we're going to get a lot of really good information that we're going to be able to um, compile, put together and get out there to for produce all down the supply chain to use. I don't know if there's certain areas you want me to dig in on that, but but since it is being funded by the Ag Marketing Service, right, all of the what comes out of it, obviously, there's uh, 
privacy disclosures and things like that only in the aggregate. But all of the aggregate results and those kind of things are shareable for whoever needs them. Sure. And are, are, are you doing it? Do you think more about an idea to say this is the kind of a market that we really think that, hey, there's way more of a need, let's say, for, you know, hempcrete than there might be for biochar than there might be for proteins. That's not the kind of thing that you're doing right. I mean, it's oh, not so this, is, this is all of producers, not of consumers. There's other projects we're doing looking at the consumer side of things. And, and there's some very interesting results looking at what consumers are looking for. Um, on that side of things, but this is all producers. So kind of a snapshot of what is, um, what are people growing? What struggles are they having? Um, those kind of things. And then we're going to match that because us as researchers are doing a lot of economic research on the con consumer side, but we're lucky we'll be able to match it with what we're hearing on the consumer side and maybe make some very interesting infer inferences from it. That would be really cool. So you're, you're doing that along with, um, uh, Dr. Tyler Mark and some of his colleagues and folks at the University of Kentucky, right? Correct. Yep. And then with the consumer side of things, and I can give you someone great to talk sure. about that if you want to for a future one, we've, we're also working with the University of Vermont. Ah, okay. Terrific. Yes, yes, we do that because we've had Dr. Mark on our podcast here and you uh, as a, a, a thank you introduced us to, uh, to Dr. Mark. And so we, we know that we got some great info from him as well about enterprise budgets and other things as it relates to the market on that. So just tell me about part of this and, and then, and then we know we don't want to wear out our welcome, but, but um, just the fact, I, I call it the Rip Van Winkle uh, effect, right? That the whole industry has been like Rip Van Winkle has been asleep for a hundred years. right? And now it's all kind of waking back up and, there's inferences and things like that about, you know, just on the agronomy side. How do you grow it? When do you grow it? How do you how does it work in these different temperate zones? Things like that to do. I mean, we find it exciting every day to be in this in this industry because there are new things that we're all learning every day. And it's and it instead of trying to kind of go back over things and squeeze more info out of things that we that we, you know, have already maybe been had the heck researched out of it. So that, that, does that make it exciting for, for, for you and your colleagues that you're finding out in other land grants or at other universities that are trying to learn all these pieces and parts? Of course. Yeah, that, that's kind of one of the most interesting parts about it, right? You know, and, and as we're building our economic models, right, we, we don't know which direction it's going to go. There's so many different ways it can go, so many different products. Um, and so how do you kind of analyze this and look at this and try to guesstimate what the future is going to be without picking the winners? Right, 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 right. right. That's got to be uh, kind of a healthy tension, maybe, uh, in, in, in the part that's there is, is that, that, you know, folks would love to be able to say, well, those smart folks down there at CSU told me I absolutely I ought to be planting this many acres of this for this variety because, the market's going to, that's not where you're headed. Okay. That's not <laughs> what you're even attempting to try to do because you've got to have enough longitudinal data to really be able to go and say, look, I'm just interpreting from what the data has shown us. And so we don't have enough data under our belt. And so fortunately, good folks uh, like Bill Richmond and his crew at AMS are really finding an opportunity to put the dollars out there to, in order to do that research because they they see the value, right? They see the value. I'm, I'm, 
I'm making that statement. You don't have to make it. But uh, I, no, I, I agree completely. I, I, it's 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 needed in the industry, and I, it's very nice that the USDA is putting dollars behind. Okay, let's put the information out there so that people can make those educated decisions, right? And that's kind of our role as academics to be that neutral party to okay, let's get this information, let's compile it, let's put it together, and let's put it out there in ways that people can understand it and use it. Well, I mean, um, uh, that's another thing that that when you look at it from the industry perspective, that is both kind of the good and the bad of hemp, right? The good is it will do all these so many things. The bad is it will do all these so many things. And so focusing in on those things, right, on those component pieces, it's not like, I don't think giant Miscanthus has got, you know, a bunch of different groups all out there at once trying to figure out how to pull it together. Is it kind of not that it was on a illegal spot, but I mean, I don't see that many people getting excited about, you know, eucalyptus. I mean, I don't see that many people getting excited about, you know, uh, 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 fodder beets. You know, I mean, I, I don't I don't see that. What I see is, is because all the potential that is happening there with hemp that some people are excited about the textiles and some are excited mm -hmm. about the biochar and some are excited about the energy and some of them are excited about paper and some are excited about automotive and you know and about proteins and for that reason that can be both good and bad in the sense that it's good that there's that many people that care about that diverse parts about the plant the thing that i want maybe bad's not a great way to say it it's just we got to have time and we've got to have some time under our belt before we can start kind of focus in on get clearer pictures on some of that work. Is that a fair statement? That was I a long so. statement, but I mean, do you think that's, that's kind of right? I, I would agree. It, I, I'm very interested to see the technology is already changing and, and more even processing. And when we look at the fiber and the grain sectors and where there's are, those are going. So. Yeah. I'm interesting to see where it goes and those those smart people in those realms as well, <laughs> trying to figure out how to get the processing to such and the genetics to such that we can we can make this work even better. No doubt. And just the fact that, you know, even though those of you who are in academia that are checking this out, I mean, part of my um, review and been around it is, is that you you folks um, kind of at that level are also learning about what each other are doing at these other places, right? I mean, so it's it's um, uh, it's not like there's just one hemp group, you know, across across the different folks are doing different aspects of it all all throughout our land grants and uh, as well as our 1890s and other research organizations that maybe aren't a part of that, but are still looking at the R&D piece. So there's so much moving parts to it. I would agree. That's very cool. All right. So tell me this, because um, uh, 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 we want to be able to uh, uh, let you get back to your good work that you're doing. If people want to follow uh, Champ and see what you guys did in Colorado, uh, or as well as to be able to find out some of this good research um, and find out some of this good data, as well as making sure that growers are maybe participating in this next round of research that, that you guys are doing on surveys, where's the best place for them to find all of that good info? Yeah, and that's something we're working on, right? A consolidated place where we put all the information. Um, but I would say for the CHAMP process specifically, if they just search the Colorado Department of Ag, they have a lot of the CHAMP resources up there, the full CHAMP report if you want it. Um, if they want to get into some of those details, our team loves to talk about it. They're, they're welcome to email me. I don't know if you can get the email address up somewhere near where this 
podcast Absolutely. is. But give, give it to us there. What's the best email address to, to reach you? Yep, it's uh, Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C dot hill at colostate.edu. How about that? There, there you, you go. go. Okay. I bet there's more than one Rebecca Hill at Colorado State floating around. So we There is. That's why. I, yeah, don't send it to Rebecca.Hill. She she does not forward them to me. <laughs> she is not not digging it. There's a poet in New <laughs> Zealand named Nick Walters. And in my in my um on my my personal email, uh, uh I've had stuff go to that guy at nickwalters.com and he's like I'm not sending anything else to anybody, you know, so if you're trying to, uh, if uh, whoever the Nigerian prince is, that's trying to get me to invest, send it to that guy. Okay. Not to me. All right. So that's, um, um, uh, that's a great place to be able to, to, to track some of that. And so, um, for our folks who are, uh, as you're getting, are the surveys ready to go from what you and, and Dr. Mark are doing back to uh, the producers, or is it is it about to get ready to launch? So the, the survey has been written, but it's just going through all the governmental approval processes. So right. we do not know how long that will take. Okay, well, we hope that those of us at the co-op will be able to help you as much as we can to get that good word out because we need that information. Uh, well, we appreciate from, that from producers. So keep us uh, close to the um, uh, to the checkoff list, right? I mean, on, on part of that to do too. So. Will do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, look, uh, Dr. Rebecca Hill at Colorado State, uh, thank you for taking time with us today to tell us about uh, uh, an example of how a state is really leading and trying to do all it can to be able to support the hemp industry, as well as knowing that you are a part of some really great data and information that helps the industry build. And, and we're, we're glad to have you be a part of all of, of what you're doing. So thank you for what you're doing. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Absolutely. And hey, look, any of our listeners right now that are uh, somewhere in um, uh, maybe in the southeastern U.S. or whether you want to come down from Fort Collins, Colorado, that's as well, too. Don't forget, we have our field day that we are doing uh, in the Mississippi Delta uh, on on June 6th and 7th, co-sponsored with um, Alcorn State University. Uh, with their extension service and also co-hosted by the U.S. Hemp Building Association, the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, and the Global Hemp Association. Uh, those three entities uh, all coming together to support what we're doing with the co-op for our field day. So you can learn more about that as more as well as more about the co-op at nationalhempcoop.us. Learn all you want to know about there. Dr. Hill, thank you so much for your time today. This podcast produced and distributed by MWB Studios.